This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. We're going to continue the series. What's it called? Better Together. So uh, if you want to, you can follow along uh, on, on the note sheet that's uh, in your service guide. You also, on the, the Bible app on your phone, got the, the notes loaded on there. And I'm going to keep it a little more brief today because we want to jump in and we want to talk about our, our community groups as well. But a uh, quick recap, uh, we've been talking for, for a, two weeks. Uh, next week, I'm, I'll probably wrap it up before we leave for Israel next Sunday. But um, how many of you know that God is a relational God? And we were created in God's image. Thus, no matter how much we try to go it alone, we are a relational people. We need people. Almost all of us have friends. But the question we've been looking at is, what kind of friend are they? Are they the right kind of friend? And, uh, you know, the statement I've made the last couple of weeks, show me your friend and I'll show you, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. How many of you have seen somebody change the direction of your life for the positive or for the negative. We all have. Nobody claims it, but we all have. You are the average of your five closest friends, those five closest people around you. You're the average of them financially, attitude, spiritual focus, whatever it may be. You are like those around you. The key scripture we've used each week, Proverbs 13, 20, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools suffers harm. Friendships are Vitally important, but many times we have settled for a counterfeit because friendship has been redefined in our culture today. We think, but that's not the kind of friend God desires us to have. Uh, first week, I gave you two things. What can we do to foster, develop, and foster friendships? One was being present. We're not real present anymore as a culture, we're very busy. And so we do things from the other side of a screen. But there's power in presence. We talked about it's great to pray for somebody, it's even better to pray with somebody. Not just to be present physically, but to be there emotionally. Second thing we mentioned was being open. Opening up and getting transparent. People don't seem to like that a whole lot today. When we're upset, hurting, angry, the best thing we can do is open up and get transparent with a group of good, godly Christian friends. Allow them to speak into our lives and pray over us. Last thing I left you with that first week was we may impress people with our strengths, but we connect with people through our weakness. We've got to open up and be real. Last week I gave you a few things. I'd mentioned that the sociologists tell us that there's three types of poverty in the world. And they talked about material poverty, spiritual poverty, and relational poverty. How relational poverty is the main thing that our culture is suffering from today. You can be in a crowd of thousands and thousands of people and be absolutely, utterly alone, right? With that, you know, many of us don't have a close-knit group of life-giving friends, but God created us with a need for that. In the name of busyness or even sometimes attitude that we don't need anybody else, we choose to go it alone. But last week we talked about how just one friend can change your life. You may be one friend away from changing the entire course of your life. We talked about the early church. They didn't initially want to accept Saul. All they knew was he was a Christian killer. But along came Barnabas, a friend, and spoke on his behalf. And we see him embraced by the apostles, by the disciples of Jesus. I gave you last week three types of friends every person needs. One was a friend that makes you a better person. We talked about how most of our friendships have happened by accident. It's the person who sits next to us in the cubicle at work, the person that we see every day. We don't really have a choice, and we kind of, you know, create this friendship. But what kind of friendship is it? Is it the kind of life-giving friendship that God desires us to have? We need friends that will inspire us, that will build us up and make us a better person. If we want to be closer to God, if we want to be a better person, a better husband, a better wife, a better parent, better in business, better in finance, whatever it may be, we need to be around folks who make us better. And on the flip side, God wants us to be the kind of person that makes people better, other people better as well. Second thing I mentioned was we need that friend that helps us to find spiritual strength. 
when Saul was hunting down David, we find that Scripture says that Jonathan went and found him first. And it says, helped him to find strength in the Lord. We need people who will help us find strength in the Lord. Even those closest to the Lord, even those people that we respect the most, sometimes get tempted and discouraged. We all need godly folks around us who will build us up and help us find that strength and point us toward him. The last thing I gave you last week was we all need a friend in our life who will speak the truth to us. It's not the kind of person we usually seek out. We usually seek out the kind of person who who will be on our side. What we really need is the kind of person who will speak the truth to us whether we like it or not, who will love us enough to tell us. We talked about David getting his eyes off of the Lord and how he, he grieved the Lord with, you know, some sinful decisions. But along comes Nathan. Nathan says, you are that man, right? Remember we talked about that? We all need friends that love us enough to tell us the truth because we may be one friend away from changing the course of our life. Thirdly, today, as this is Community Group Sunday, I want to make another statement. You may be, this is in your notes, you may be one community away from changing the course of your life. You may be one community away from changing the course of your life. And when I say this, I'm talking about a community of believers that loves each other, that builds each other up in the Lord, that supports each other. I'm talking about a, not talking about an online forum or a chat group. I'm talking about a face-to-face community that's present with each other, that's open with each other, a community that helps each other become better, that helps each other find strength in the Lord, a community that always speaks the truth to one another. It's what we need. And this is an example that we find in the early church. And so I used this a few weeks ago, but real quickly, we'll look at Acts chapter 2. We see the first few days and months of the church after Jesus left and ascended into heaven. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 46, y'all know this. It says that what did they do? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple court. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Guys, the things, the qualities that I see, the things that I see them doing here, are not common today. Number one, we see they were devoted. Devotion is not common anymore. Faithfulness is not common anymore. But we see that as the very first thing that's mentioned. They were devoted. We see that they were devoted to the Lord's, to the teaching, to the apostles' teaching. They, we see that they hung out together, that they ate together, that they prayed together. We see in that that they supported each other. They took care of each other's needs. We see that they met together. It says daily. They met together in the temple. It's just a picture of the church today. It says that they broke bread in their homes and ate together. Guys, that's a great picture of our community groups. This is what it looked like. You may be one community away from changing the direction of your life. And how many of you know that you don't just stumble into this. You intentionally help create it. We look at this and think this sounds great. How awesome is this? They were all together. They supported one another. That's awesome. But this is something that we have to help intentionally create. Amen? So I'm going to give you three qualities of life-giving community. And like I say, this is on your note sheet. You can follow along, fill in the blanks. Three qualities of life-giving community. In this type of life-giving community that we're talking about that we all need that can change our life, number one, the door is always open. The door is always open. Now, I was thinking about this. There are some of you in this room that you rarely knock on my door anymore. You've been to my house enough. You've been a part of our community groups Whatever it may be, maybe a friend of our kids, (laughs) whatever it may be, and you know that you don't have to go knocking on our door anymore. There are some of you that know when you come over 
you feel the freedom if you need to, to open up our fridge and grab something. There's a few. Yeah. Laura's definitely done it. <laughs> She'd be like, oh, I'm going to take this. Is that all right? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's some of you that over the years have had no problem correcting our children. <laughs> Our kids are like... <laughs> because you know that that's what we would want and what we would do. You're family, and you have the right to do that. You're part of our community. It's family. Now, it'd be totally different if maybe it was somebody that was coming over to your house for the first time. They, they're meeting you at your house for the first time, and if they just kind of busted on in the door... Hey, and opened up the fridge and grabbed a Coke and started yelling at your kids. You'd be like. <laughs> right? Acts 2.44 from the Passion Translation, it says, All the believers were in fellowship as one body, and they shared with, each, with one another whatever they had. Let me ask you, do you have anybody in your life like that? How many people do you have in your life like that, that they know that as far as your relationship is concerned, the door's always open? We all need it. We all need that kind of relationship. They aren't blood relation, panicked. When they show up, they have an issue, and all of a sudden, unannounced, they show up to your house. You're not panicked and trying to straighten up the house before you open the door. Oh, this is out of place. No. You're open and transparent. You're real with each other. This is who I am. You open up your door, and they're always welcome. How many people do you have in your life like that? If you can't think of any, you're probably relationally impoverished, like we were talking about, that relational poverty. That, that's community. Some of us are probably afraid of allowing somebody to get close because we've been hurt. How many of you would say that you've been at that place before? You're afraid to allow people close to you because you're afraid you'd get hurt again. Guess what? It's a relationship. You're going to get hurt. You're going to get hurt. But here's the thing. You've let people down. You've failed people. You've disappointed people. You've offended people. But yet, we are get all bitter when someone else does the same thing in our life. Others will do this to us as well. Intentionally or unintentionally, we're going to be hurt and we're going to be disappointed and we're going to be let down. Why? Because we're fallible human beings. It's all right. It's the way it goes. We want others to forgive us, right? We've all unintentionally hurt somebody with our actions, our words, our attitudes before. And we wanted their forgiveness. In the same way, we need to freely give that forgiveness to others and continue on. Not abandon them, not take off, but be there. So yeah, there's a lot of people who avoid community, avoid people because they're afraid of being hurt. But here's the thing, the consequences of not having this type of community are far greater than the occasional hurt of somebody letting you down, offending you, and hurting your feelings. Can anybody agree with that? God created us to depend on him, but he also created us to depend on others. We need a community of believers around us that loves the Lord, that will point us always to Jesus, that will speak the truth to us in love. So one, in this type of life-giving community that we all need, we need that community where the door is always open. Secondly, we need a community where everybody agrees that we are all flawed. We are all flawed. It's amazing to me how many people think, of course, my first thought in this, because of my position, is the church. How many people think the church should be perfect? I can't believe somebody did that to me, and they're part of the church. Come on. Come on. Look at Romans 15, 7. It says, accept one another, then, everybody say then. Yeah. 
just as Christ accepted you, <laughs> I totally read that wrong. <laughs> Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. So check this out. When you accept, accept somebody right where they're at, you bring praise and glory to God with their failings, with those personality flaws you feel they have that just rub me wrong. When you accept them where they're at, you bring praise to the name of the Lord. When we're part of this type of community, you know and accept that everybody has flaws. So guess what? As you jump in and become part of this tight community of believers, there's going to be some of us that have some marriage issues. There's going to be some of us that have some issues with our kids. There's going to be some of us that are part of your community that are hanging on to some things from the past that really affect us. There's going to be some that are dealing with some tough insecurities. There's going to be some that may struggle with others more, more than others with maybe anger or lust or materialism, whatever it may be. We all have our flaws. We're all working this thing out, right? Some will have different convictions than you. We talked about that a few weeks ago about conviction. But as we accept one another, just as Christ accepted us, we bring praise to the Lord. In this type of community, everybody works together to protect one another. They work together to build each other up in the Lord. Sometimes they may intervene in the life of one who's gotten off track and speak the truth. We all need this type of community. Are there going to be challenges along the way? Oh, there's going to be challenges along the way. You guys know as well as I do, you get more than a couple of people together regularly for an extended period of time, there's going to be some issues. Can anybody say amen to that? There's going to be insecurities that are surfaced. There are going to be personality issues. There's going to be problems. We're all human. But if we sincerely desire to be part of this type of community, if we sincerely desire what God has for us, then we don't get up and run at the first sign of trouble. We don't get up and leave because we were upset or offended or we feel that we were treated unfairly. We stick it out. We work at it. We forgive. We work to make things right. It's family. It's community. And it's funny in saying this because I say it's family and, and my automatic reaction is to say, that's the way our families are, right? The people abandon their families every day over simple things. People abandon their communities. Again, I've seen so many people that have left the church community because they didn't like this, didn't like that. I've had people that have left because they felt like they were passed over for a position. People who had a conflict with another family within the church community. One who felt like their kid wasn't treated as fairly as the other kid. That kid got eight goldfish and mine got four. I'm out of here. It is true. Oh, we've had people leave because of the type of communion elements we served. <laughs> Sorry. I don't love the wafers either, but I'm not there for a meal. I'm there to remember the body of Jesus. If I was there for the meal, it'd be a piece of Parmesan. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Guys, if we're looking for a fence, we're going to find it. If we're looking for a fence, we're going to find it. I, I had a guy that left the church one time. He, I, actually, I actually grew up with him. And he came to me one time, a long time ago. He came to me to explain why he was leaving. I asked him, what, what's going on? He was frustrated. And the main reason he gave me was 
that there was a few things not taken care of. I said, what? He goes, that pothole in the parking lot's been there for a year, and nobody's done anything about it. And I was like, so let's abandon the family. And you can sit there and laugh, but it is many times the little things that we get so upset and ticked off over. And we are so quick to jump ship and say, I'm done, and we're gone. Guys, this is important enough to fight for. Most people, when they leave, maybe it's the church or whatever community, their friends, it's emotions. You know, when people leave the church, it's usually emotions that are involved. They're being led by their emotions, not by the Spirit of God. They tell me, that's what I usually say, look, if you can tell me that it's the Lord is leading you to go elsewhere, then God bless you and, you know, whatever else. And he's like, yeah, I, th- I think maybe, maybe God's telling me, yeah. No. It's emotions. It's emotions. And I want you to understand in this, my quick disclaimer, I'm not condoning sticking around somewhere where you're being abused and mistreated. I'm not talking about that. But if you let emotions take control and you're not willing to try to work it out, work through some things, then something's wrong. And it's probably not everybody else. I'm sure that you have conflicts in your family. Sometimes frequently, maybe. You may get hurt, offended, angry. But I hope that you don't flippantly abandon them in those moments. I hope that you have the kind of family, I'm talking your blood family, that sticks together through thick and thin, no matter what happens. And we need that kind of Christian community around us as all, as well. As Christian community, we've got to stick together. When we're wrong, we absolutely need to own it. Let's knock our pride down and say, you know what, I was wrong. And I ask you to forgive me. When we've been wronged, we need to choose to forgive and work through it. We need to stay involved in each other's lives and allow our community to actually function as the body of Christ. We're all flawed. I know I'm going to jack it up. I'm going to mess it up. My relationship with anybody. But I hope that in our community here, I hope that if you have an issue with me that you come and you talk to me about it rather than going to talking to others about it. I'd sure appreciate it. And I promise I'll do the same with you. We need to do that with each other. I'm going to mess it up. You're going to mess it up. We're going to get upset at each other at one point. But can we accept that and move forward as family? Can we accept that and move forward as a community? Jesus has accepted us. He accepted us right where we were at. Can we do the same? We've got to recognize that we're flawed along with everybody else. And when we do that, it's much easier to give grace. So, in this type of life-giving community, the door is always open. Everybody recognizes that we're all flawed. And lastly, this type of community fights for one another. Fights for one another. 1 Peter 5, 8, many of you know this. Be alert. Be of sober mind. Your enemy, who is he? The devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking, looking for someone to devour. Sometimes we don't talk about it enough. There is an enemy. And he, he wants to take you out. He knows just how to do it. How of you know the enemy knows exactly how to tick you off? He knows exactly how to do it. He knows how, he, he knows your insecurities. He knows how to embarrass you. He knows what to tempt you with. He knows how to work against your pride or have your pride work against you. He's always been great at breaking down community and relationship. He is a master when it comes to that.
People say, well, well, brother, if the devil comes against me, then I'm just going to remind him the greater seed is in me than the devil that's in the world. But guys, how many of you can agree with me that there's times in your life that you're not strong enough to stand on your own? Our flesh gets in the way. Things get complicated. And here's the reality. We weren't meant to stand alone. God gave us each other. God gave me you for the ups and downs. Yeah. No, I ain't going to sing it. I'm not doing country. No. I saw a, a video. Uh, I, I told you some, some of this stuff I, I got from a series I heard years ago from, that Pastor Greg Rochelle did. And, and uh, I, I saw this video. He actually showed a clip from it. And I had seen it hundreds. I haven't seen it hundreds of times. I've seen it a bunch of times. And I went back and looked at it. This video is on YouTube, and it's got now over, I think, 8 million views. And so I shortened it up and, and removed, the, removed the audio from it. But, um, you know, we're talking about a community is one that fights for one another. And the enemy comes as a roaring lion, come to devour you. I mean, his primary goal in his life is to steal from you, kill you, and destroy you. He's a lion seeking to destroy you. Why do we need community? Look at this real quick. Put that up there for me, Charles. How many of you have seen this video before? Some guys on a safari, I think it was on the Maasai Mara, took, uh, took this video. Y'all see the lions there? There's this group of, uh, I guess, herd of water buffalo um, coming around, and, and there's literally like a hundred of them or more. And all of a sudden, they see these lions, and they take off. They take off running. But you see the little baby. See the calf there? They go for the one that's weak. How many of you have ever been the weak one before? It's who the enemy goes after. And so you see, they had, I'd shortened it up. They drug it out of the water and whatever else. And, but you see their eyes are on something. They haven't started eating this baby yet. They hadn't killed it. They start looking because, look, the water buffalo is considered the most dangerous animal in Africa. I've seen them and photographed them. Look, when you get a community together, things change. And watch, look right here. Look right here. Look right here. You see that? That baby got up and walked off. Watch this. <laughs> That's good. Guys, if the water buffalo can stick together, how much more should the body of Christ be able to stick together? What'd I say? <laughs> if water buffaloes can stick together, how much more? How much more should the church of the risen Savior be able to stand together? We are better together. We are stronger together. We don't let roll over and let the enemy take out the young or the weak. We fight for one another. Oh, I'm too bad that happened to brother so-and-so. No, we fight for him. We come alongside them. We pray for them. We build them up. We give to them when they have a need. We are a community. We stand together and we fight for one another. We stand up and we fight for the victory that is already ours through the cross. We choose to fight and work through the issues. We choose to have each other's back. We don't abandon family. We don't abandon our community. Because here's the thing. Some of you have been there. You don't want to have to fight against cancer on your own. You don't want to hurt financially alone. You don't want one of, the, one of your young wandering off alone. We need, and what we really want is the strength of the body of Christ standing together as one in community, standing together, fighting for each other, loving each other, encouraging each other, praying for each other. That's what God wants in our life. Because here's the thing, if you're alone and you're weak, firstly, if you're alone, 
you're weak. If you're alone and weak, you're the most vulnerable to attack. And that lion's going to come get you. You need that community around there, around you. Some of you may be vulnerable now, but as I started with, you may be one community away from changing the course of your life. And some of you have taken the first steps. You've surrendered your life to Christ. And some of you came through the doors of church this morning. And that's about the extent of the Christian community that you have in your life. But here's the next thing. I encourage you, get plugged into the church. Guys, be at church every time the doors are open. Well, I'm just so busy. Make it priority. Guys, I've said it a thousand times in the past. As human beings, no matter how busy we are, we always find the time, the money, and the energy for what we really want. Those are our biggest excuses. Well, I don't really have time, or I don't have the money, or, man, I'm just so worn down and tired. We always always find the time, the money, and the energy for what we really want. So what are the priorities in your life? Be in church every time the doors are open. Contribute by serving in the community. There may be some of those watching online and you don't have a church home. Find a Bible-believing church and jump in and get involved. If you're going alone, going it alone, you're weak and vulnerable. How many of you know there's many people out there that are disenfranchised with the church? Yeah, they've been hurt. I understand that. I get it. But you don't stay there because you're vulnerable. You need that community around you, and that community needs you. Lastly, as we've said many times before, we love the Sunday morning service and all of us coming together. But... It's hard to make these folks here your close friends if you just show up on Sunday morning. There's a lot of people who come only committed, only there on Sundays just for a few months and finally say, well, I didn't make any friends. Guys, you're not going to build community on Sunday morning. It can help reinforce community as we all come together. But this isn't going to do it. It's not enough. It's hard to have much time together between 10 a.m. and noon. We need a group of people that we are even closer to, that we get together with more often, a place where we can be present and open, a place where we can contribute and grow, a community within this community that we can do life with together. So, it's that time. Here's your opportunity. This is Community Group Sunday, and we are about to launch in the next week more community groups than this church ever has. And guys, this has been something that we have believed for since a few of you were with us back on Ross Road years ago when we first started to try tried to start small groups. And it's always been difficult getting people involved in community and getting close to people and creating these small groups because everyone is getting increasingly busy. We're headed the right direction. And this is your moment. I would ask every member of Church of the Harvest in some form or fashion to be a part of a community group. And so we're going to give you the opportunity. We're going to ask our community group leaders to come on up. And I wonder if we ought to do it across the front here. Let's, let's do it on the floor. I'm going to ask all the, new communi- all, all the community group leaders, I'm going to ask you to come up and just line up across the front here. Um, our elders, Zach and Angie Davis, they are community group directors. And um, I'll let you guys go ahead and kind of take this. Okay. Line up, everybody. Hold the hand of the... No, I'm kidding. (laughs) All right. Why don't we just start here with you guys? Hey, I'm Haley, and this is Andrew. Um, We're starting an early marriage group. So it's anyone that's married less than 10 years. It's every Friday night at 7 to 8.30, and it's at our house. 
It's in Marion, Arkansas. Hey, I'm Madison. This is Lauren. We're leading the young adult small group, so 18 to 25, our house, Wednesday nights at 6.30. Good morning. My name is Tracy. This is Anna, and um, actually, we didn't start the group. God started this group because I didn't intend on starting a community group, but we are doing, currently, it's Taco Tuesday. It's turning into Taco Thursday starting September, and it's basically a group of community encouragement, fellowship, love. Um, as far as child care, the only children we're going to accept are breastfeeding babies, and that's because those babies obviously need their moms. But um, it's, it's, it's all for women, and um, it's at 545. If you come late, it's okay. It's a no-pressure group. If you can't come one week, that's great. But when you need that love and that friendship and that connection, our group. Yeah, our foundational uh, scripture is, let's see, oh, wrong picture. Um, Romans 1, 11 through 12. I long to see you so that I may impart to you some scriptural gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. And also, um, Proverbs 17:22, a joyful, cheerful heart brings healing to both the body and the soul. I'm the spokesperson for Mike and Loretta and Ken. We're starting a, a group called Better Together 50 and Older. No, there is not child care. <clears throat> so don't bring your kids. Um, we're going to be meeting at Ken and Loretta's uh, twice a month on Sundays after church from 1 to 3. We're going to share food together. There are sheets in the back. And so, so I see some of the 50 and older here. So I want to see you at the back table if you've not signed up already, okay? We have, we've missed getting together like we used to. So now's your opportunity, okay? Hope to see y'all. Hi, I'm Chris Bounds, and I do a Tuesday night women's group for ladies 18 and older. And this semester we're studying um, God's rela relationship through God's top ten, we meet every Tuesday at 7 o'clock at my house in Olive Branch, and I have no child care. Hi, I'm Kim Guyton, and um, I co-lead uh, Harvest Women's Group with Laura Sapala. and this semester we're doing two video series. One is um, Not a Fan, and we'll learn if you are a fan of Jesus, like you just you adore him, you know who he is, or are you a follower, a true follower? And the other uh, six weeks we're doing a Robert Morris um, video, which is, excuse me, more than just words. And it'll help you learn to love the word again if you've gotten off track. So join us. We're meeting um, Wednesdays at the Saldano's. There she is over there. And um, we look forward to seeing you. No child care. And it's at 10 o'clock. Hi, I'm Nidia Teague. And um, Kim and I are holding um, Women Fit for Harvest. It is actually kind of holding each other accountable for whatever it is that is going on, you know, that you want to, um, to do, to a big focus. Uh, it is going to be at my house at 6 p.m. And there is... It's going to be every Monday. I don't know if I said that or not. But anyway, um, and there is no child care. Hi, I'm Barbara Nowlin, and this is Michael Guyton. And um, we lead the Harvest School of Ministry. <laughs> it's a two-year ministry school. And the goal of the school is for people to um, learn who they are in Christ, but to make disciples and in return and, um, well, and in turn, make reproducers. Um, we meet 7 to 9 on Tuesday evenings here in the Fellowship Hall. Um, you're welcome to join the school. Um, you can work. You get 20 accredited hours toward a degree. And also, anyone is welcome to audit at any time. And you can see for yourself then if you'd like to be part of it. Like Ms. Rob said, I'm Michael and uh, 
I'll help Miss Barber. And for the new minister school, what is our theme this year? All in. Uh, so my name is Robert. This is my wife, April. We're doing two community groups. Uh, we got the Purple Book, which is it's a real strong biblical foundation. It goes from sin and salvation. It covers 12 weeks all the way up to to uh, to heaven, to eternal judgment. Um, so it covers everything, and it's pretty simple. All you do is you read a question that's got a scripture out there beside it. You look it up, boom, there's your answer. Uh, we get together each week and go over each chapter and talk about what we learn and how we apply that to our lives. And it's uh, this last this spring was the biggest group I've ever taken through it. Everybody just got a lot out of out of the scripture. Um, the other group is our evangelism equipment. If you never share the gospel with anybody, or if you've shared it with a thousand people, you can always learn more about sharing the gospel with people. So I'd encourage you to come, and that's on on Saturdays at 5.30 at our house. Child care is provided. Purple group is 6.30 up here at the Fellowship Hall. Child care is provided. That's sixth grade and up, and uh, evangelism is 13 and up. I'm Jerry, and I lead prayer and intercession on every Sunday morning. Uh, from 8.45 to 9.30, and we pray for everything you can think of, our pastors, the service, leadership, uh, our, our nation, our country, just allow the gifts of the Holy Spirit to move. We pray however Holy Spirit leads us, and uh, it's a group for all ages. Uh, nursery is provided uh, because of Sunday school also, and I just encourage you, uh, young people, teenagers, 20s, 30s, 40s, and above, we want you, uh, we need you in there. So if that's your heart, I encourage you to come. Thanks. Hi, I'm Christian Walker. Me and my wife, Becca, are youth pastors. We have our Sunday nights, usually from 6 to 8. We have youth here at the church. And then on Wednesday nights, we have our small group at our house from 6.30 to 8.30. Right now, we're finishing up the series for, on Sunday nights called Alpha. It's a little bit with the biblical foundations as well. We're about to go into a Fear Factor series. And then on Wednesday nights, we're going through the book of Genesis right now. So... Good morning. I'm Mike Reed. I may be a new face to you guys. I'm starting the uh, Real Men of Harvest, or Real Men. It's the men's ministry. Um, I believe in the men's ministry and, and trying to focus on the men's ministry here. There's a, a great group of men that uh, you're trying to make a decision. And some of these decisions are, are leading men into the uh, ministry school, but we're not going to leave the men behind. Uh, I'm stepping up to lead you men in this group. We're going to, we're going to go through the books of uh, Philippians through the First Thessalonians and take an adventure with Paul and walk his journey and how he led the churches and how he led the men of that day and time. And we're going to apply it to our life to today. Let's give them all a hand. Can we do that? So quickly, I'm I'm Zach. Hi, everybody. And we are involved in the Sunday school. Please come. We've had a great turnout this year. I mean, the best ever. It's great. It's funny. Uh, I think people have been coming to the other classes more than mine. So that's good news. So 845 on Sunday mornings every Sunday. And we'd love to see you there. The other thing is Angie and I, first time in many years, I don't know how many, we do not have a small group at our house. As you can see, there's quite a few people behind us, so we're going to be pouring ourselves into praying, admonishing, helping, serving all of these amazing people back here. Can you give them one more round of applause? Let's, let's pray for them. Let's, yeah, let's, let's pray, and you want to start, I'll finish. Okay. Y'all just reach your, stretch your hands toward yeah, these leaders. That'd be great. Father, we thank you so much for what you're doing. God, this is a day. Wow, it just kind of snuck up on me. And, Lord, I just thank you that you anoint every person here. And, God, that you'd put a shepherding heart into each person. 
standing. God, I thank you that they know exactly what each person that comes to their community group, what they need, and the ability to help them go one step further in their walk. Lord, I thank you that they are going to make a huge impact and a difference. My, oh my, Lord, if every one of us would just pour our hearts into this community, into these people, what could happen to this city? So in Jesus' name, I declare a blessing, and I release the anointing of God over every community leader in here. And I thank you that you anoint all the words, all the purposes of their hearts, all their planning and preparation. And God, that you lead the hearts of each person that should be there to each group now in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for each and every one. Lord, I thank you that a third of these have never led a community group before. And I just pray, Lord, that they would just truly be strengthened in the Lord now in Jesus' name, that they would know that they are more than enough. And God, I thank you for that grace that comes when you call us to do something that we haven't done before. Your grace is applied to that situation, and you show yourself strong through us. And I just ask, Lord, that you would do that, and each one helping show what the body in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that they are helping foster community. They are helping show what the body of Christ should truly look like. And we just ask ask, Lord, that even through these groups, even through these times, that, they would, that there would be accountability and there would be encouragement. And we pray for the gifts of the Holy Spirit to be stirred up and to flow like never before, Lord, that, that there will be some that will go to these groups and for the first time, Lord, that they will hear your voice and that maybe they'll get a word for somebody. The prophetic words will come forth, words of knowledge in Jesus' name, healing, miraculous powers. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you dwell in each one of these community groups, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that, that what is begun in these community groups can, will not be able to be contained by the four walls where they meet, Lord, but it will branch out and it will touch all of those around in Jesus' name. I just thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do through this. We look forward to it as we watch over the next three months as people get engaged and involved. We thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. We love you. We thank you. We give you honor and praise as a community together, as the body of Christ. We say that we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Y'all give them a hand. Y'all can be seated. And as they head back to their seats, why don't we all just stand up? And um, we want to go ahead and close out here in just a moment. You're going to have an opportunity. Some of you did before service. You're going to have the opportunity to go back to the back. And, and each one of these folks is going to be back there, and they're going to be at a table. And I want you to go see them. One of, those, one, one of these folks, when they spoke, it may have stood out to you. And I want you to go see them. Go back to their table. You'll find them back in the back of the sanctuary. And do it. You may be hesitant. You may think, oh gosh, another thing on my schedule. Don't look at that. Say, this is priority. I need this in my life. God wants this in my life. I need it. And go and make a decision to do something that maybe you've never done before. Amen? Let's all bow our heads. Before we close, as we always do, need to give you the opportunity to receive Jesus. When you receive Jesus, you become part of the only community that really matters. As Church of the Harvest, we're a community within the community of the body of Christ. But if you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus, you're not part of that body. And that's your first step. If you've been going it alone and you've never said, Jesus, be the Lord of my life, if you've never repented of your sin and aimed your life straight for him, and that's your step right now. You've got to do that first. So if that's you and you're here with every head bowed and you would say, I have got to surrender my life to Jesus today. I need the community of my heavenly father. I need to be a part of his family. I can't go it alone any, any longer. If that's you with every head bowed and you would say, I need to surrender to Jesus today. I want you to lift your hand. Who would say, I need Jesus today? Who would say, I need to be a part of the community of the body of Christ? All right. You may be here and you didn't raise your hand this morning, and that's all right. Because it's not about me. It's about you and him. We're going to pray together. And if you pray this prayer and you mean it with all your heart, if you're truly repentant of your sin and you truly decide within yourself to make Jesus the Lord of your life, 
Bible says that you are saved. That you become a new creation. The old has passed away. It says that you're grafted into the family of God. You become a son. You become a daughter of God. And there's a lot of good things that come with that. You can count on the day that you take your last breath. And when you open your eyes, you're going to see the shining face of Jesus. Guys, there's an enemy out there that wants to devour. And yes, hell is real. And the Bible says the Lord doesn't want to see anyone perish. When you receive him, heaven is your final destination. But guess what? True life doesn't start when you get to heaven. It starts the moment you make this decision. That's when everything changes. So let's pray together. Everybody say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I've made my way on my own for far too long. Today, I surrender my life. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that He died in my place, that He took the judgment I deserved, and He took it to the grave. But He didn't stay in that grave. On the third day, He rose, and today, He's my high priest. He stands on my behalf. He calls me free, and he calls me clean. So Jesus, I declare you Lord of my life. I repent of my sins and the ways I've lived my life. I choose to follow you from this day forward in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, fill me and empower me to be everything that God created me to be. I will serve you all the days of my life from this day onward. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Give the Lord praise this morning. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.